It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. Welcome back to Merry Britsmas, and don't you know it, we're halfway through the year. It seems to have flown by in its full summer mode here in the UK. It's been really hot and sunny. But in spite of that, we're sticking to the cold weather feels with this month's episode, where we find out the result of the first set of the Christmas number one showdown, as well as finding out the next competitors and face-offs. I'll also explore a festive episode of the short but strange sitcom Mandy, and take a look at a slightly summery sounding seasonal record from The Boy Least Likely To. Let's start with some music and check out a band that sort of kind of sound a bit summery even though this is a Christmas record. We have to first go back to 2002 when Pete Hobbs and Joff Owen began writing and recording songs together as the boy least likely to. The pair grew up together and created their own record label Too Young To Die in 2003 to put out their first single, Paper Cuts. They actually recorded their debut album, 2005's The Best Party Ever, before they even played a live gig. The album got good reviews from the likes of Pitchfork and Rolling Stone magazine, as well as getting into the top 10 albums of the year for Rough Trade. Rolling Stone described their brand of twee indie pop as what would happen if all your childhood stuffed animals got together and started a band. Their second album, 2009's Law of the Playground, struggled to hit the same heights, and the same goes for their fourth album, The Great Perhaps, in 2013. But their songs have appeared in pop culture, such as adverts for Coca-Cola, Apple, iPhone and Cadbury's Chocolate Biscuits, as well as in films such as Easy A and Peter Rabbit. But I deliberately missed out their third record, called Christmas Special, out in 2010, and as you may have guessed, it's a seasonal one. The record is a mixture of traditional covers and new songs, and I'll go through track by track. starts with an instrumental take on a Christmas waltz, before drums crash into an original song, Happy Christmas Baby. It's a pretty joyous number that recalls getting drunk before lunch, forgetting that you still have presents left to buy. On Christmas Eve, stringing popcorn on the Christmas tree, I've still got presents left to buy, all wrapped up in ribbons and bows. Waiting underneath the mistletoe Listen for sleigh bells in the sky Happy Christmas, baby The bells are ringing just for you and me This is gonna be the Then Blue Spruce Needles kicks up a traditional folk feel
December It's nearly a year since we took down our little tree Packed all the baubles and tinsel away And left it out on the street It's almost December It's nearly a year since you just left me suddenly And their cover of Little Donkey is incredibly peaceful Little donkey, little donkey On the dusty road Got to keep on plodding onwards With your precious load Been a long time, little donkey Through the winter's night Don't give up Track 5 is probably my favourite on the record, even though it's a little gloomy, called Christmas Isn't Christmas, all about that horrible feeling of not having the festive feels, mainly due to the old favourite of Christmas song depression, loneliness and being without the one you love. There's a sweet traditional take on the wassail song. Then we have a song called Ahem, Jingle My Bells, and I think it might have a double meaning. When I feel sad, it's not so bad. Sometimes I just need picking up. One little shake is all it takes. I think you'll like the noises I make. Jingle my bells, it is Christmas time. I'll jingle yours if you jingle mine. This is what bells were made to jingle for. Jingle my bells and I'll jingle yours. The next one is a funny little indie pop ditty called George and Andy that's about George Michael and Andrew Ridgely of Wham meeting up for a Christmas pint in a pub. Wearing aviators and a white linen suit He pulls up a barstool, sits down next to Andrew At Christmas time it's nice to get to
Then their cover of In the Bleak Midwinter is very short and very sweet and kind of haunting. The penultimate track, I Can't Make It Snow, is a sweet song sung about arts and crafts at Christmas, but not being able to make it perfect with real snow. And past the shelves, I can make anything that you can think of out of a song. And the final track, The First Snowflake, actually appeared on an episode of Grey's Anatomy and is a gorgeous song about a simple little snowflake and the inherent beauty of this. that's grown on me over the years. I think I thought it was a bit twee for its own good at first as a too cool teenager, but revisiting it over the last few years I've really enjoyed the mixture of indie pop that reminds me a bit of Belle and Sebastian. Traditional folk feels and some unique Christmas songs that seem a bit different from the usual Christmas fare make it stand out as well. It's well worth a listen and pretty underrated as most people I know have never heard of it. It cops in at a brisk half an hour and even has a slightly summery British folk feel that means it can be listened to in summer, or even sometimes a slightly haunting wintry feel. Check it out and find yourself some new Christmas originals to add to those playlists. you like about Christmas? The music, the movies, the traditions, the food, the history, all of the above? Then the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is for you. Tune in every month to hear a marginally successful stand-up comedian dig into topics like Charlie Brown Christmas, Bing Crosby, Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, Jingle Bells, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, The Christmas Truce of World War One, Die Hard, Bethlehem, Gift of the Magi, Haunted Mansion Holiday, Andy Williams, Christmas Lights, Nativity Scenes, Nat King, She's going to take way too long to cover all the stuff we've talked about. Just join us at Can't Wait for Christmas Pod on the 25th of every month for the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast, where our motto is... 
keep laughing all the way. Diane Morgan is a comedy genius. Well, I think so, and our TV special today helps back up my bold statement. If you don't know who she is, Diane Morgan is a comedian, actress, and writer who has risen to fame through a series of great TV shows and appearances over the last decade or so. She started off in comedy as a runner-up in two big comedy awards, the Funny Women Awards 2006 and the Hackney Empire Act of the Year. She then formed a sketch duo with Joe Wilkinson and appeared in episodes of shows like Drunk History. She got a bigger foot in the door as a comedy character called Philomena Kunk, an overly confident but quite unintelligent interviewer and commentator, originally appearing in Black Mirror creator Charlie Brooker's Weekly Wipe. This character then got her own show and released a book called Kunk on Britain. She continued to appear on TV as a main character in the brilliant BBC sitcom Motherland and Ricky Gervais's Netflix dramedy Afterlife. This helped get her own show, Mandy, a short sitcom based on another comedy character creation called, appropriately, Mandy Carter. She's an unusual and bemused individual who often seems to get herself involved in all sorts of strange situations with her friend and colleague Lola, played by Michelle Greenidge. Two series have been aired in 2020 and 2022 respectively, and another series is on the way. But in between the first two series, on December 20th, 2021, a Christmas special was released called We Wish You a Mandy Christmas. The episode takes on the good old tradition of a Christmas carol and starts on Christmas Eve with Mandy venting her annoyance about Christmas to Lola. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Why? I love Christmas. The lights, the excitement in the little children's faces, the carol singers. Too commercialised, lol. Excitement on nippers' faces is only because they're getting a ZX Spectrum for Christmas. Don't you like all the Christmas trimmings, Mandy? All the food. What, turkey? Who likes turkey? If turkey was nice, we'd have it all year round. And bread sauce. Disgusting. Tastes like dog vomit. Same goes for Christmas pudding, Christmas cake and Christmas lasagna. Christmas lasagna. There's no such thing as Christmas lasagna. You're calling the co-op a liar. And making a proper Scroogey claim about Christmas. Christmas is just a con to make the poor feel poorer and the rich feel smug. But it's little baby Jesus' birthday. No, it's not. Christmas was invented in the 1950s by Coca-Cola. I watched a video about it on WhatsApp. And there's even a meta-reference hidden in the conversation. But what about all the telly, Mandy? Don't you like all the Christmas specials? Obviously, what's so bloody special about them? Well, it's nice to see what your favourite characters are getting up to over the festive period. Lola invites her over for Christmas, but Mandy rejects the offer, but still takes the present. Bing bong doorbell. See, it was at the door on the app. You can see who's at the door without even opening it. And if we're avoiding the Jehovah's, I suppose. Yes, or watching your house get burglarised when you're at work. Mm. Thanks, lol. Right, well, I better be off. That tea Maria's not going to drink itself, is it? Cut to Mandy falling asleep at home drinking tea Maria and waking to a ringing doorbell with no one seemingly there before technical help at Bing Bong helps her out. What seems to be the trouble? Well, my doorbell's been ringing, but when I look on the app, there's no one there. Okay. Go to settings. Settings, yeah. Now scroll down to see an option for ghoul. Ghoul? Yes. Well, like ghost, entity. Yes, ghoul. Oh yeah, I can see it. Now press enable ghoul. Yeah, done it. You should not have any problem now. Great. Tonight you will be visited by three ghouls. Beg your pardon? Ghouls may be recorded for training purposes. What did you say? Is there anything else I can help you with today? Uh, 
The first spirit arrives, played by bumbling comedian Johnny Vegas, who tells her of his plan. Right, Mandy Carter, I'm the ghost of Christmas past, and I'm going to show you some visions from past Christmases. These visions, will they be in my head, or...? Yeah, because I'm not very good with my imagination. No, no, no. I'm watching what telly. All right. And they watch a young Mandy at Christmas where the rich Auntie Margaret has very different gifts for her and her brother Keith. The rich Auntie Margaret. Merry Christmas. Yeah, glad Merry to Merry Christmas, Keith, love. It's the key to a new mini metro city, a thousand Essex spot. It's outside. Now, Mandy, let's see what I've got for you. Filled to the brim with peppermints. The disappearance of the ghost leaves Mandy missing her family, but a second spirit arrives, played by Pierce Quigley. Here are you. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Oh, I'm not doing Christmas presents this year. And they go flying, walking in the air snowman style to Lola's house. This is your friend Lola's house. This is how she's going to spend her Christmas day, eating Christmas dinner all alone while her little dog, Tim, lies sick in his basket. Small Tim, sick? No, not small Tim. He doesn't have long. This will be his last Christmas. Mandy tries to talk to her friend, but... Lola, why didn't you tell me? I'd have come round! Mandy, she can't hear you. Why, because this is a different dimension. No, because she's wearing noise-cancelling earbuds. They're really good. Lola! 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 And then the ghost of Christmas yet to come is suddenly there, looking just like a very cool famous punk poet. All right, Mandy. Who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You look like John Cooper Clark. I get that all the time. I think it's the shades. Anyway, come over here and have a look at this. They arrive at a funeral, and the priest says a few things about Mandy. I didn't know Mandy Carter personally. Oh, shit, it's mine. But I have some things people have said about her here. She was thin. And now I'd like to invite those who knew her well to talk about her. Well, one thing, and the congregation seemed to agree. No, I barely remember her. Who was she again? She had that mad hair, you know, that stupid expression on her face, you know. Oh, her. <laughs> she was a right misery. Yeah. Suddenly, Mandy wakes back up at home and decides to head to Lola's for Christmas. Mandy, what are you doing here? Lola, I've had the weirdest night. I've either been transported into the spirit realm or fallen asleep drunk in front of a Muppet Christmas Carol. I've got something I need to ask you, Lola. I've got a couple of chocolate oranges, a bottle of Kylie Minogue Rosé, and a can of ham for small Tim. Lola, if it's not too much trouble, can I come to yours for Christmas? and the pair dance into Christmas listening to a Christmas number one from the Pet Shop Boys. It's a brisk episode at only around 15 minutes and I'd recommend watching it as there's a bunch of visual gags that just need seeing. It's quite unique and specific humour though, so it may not be for everyone. It's quite absurdist and I kind of like that and hope we get another Mandy Christmas in the future.
when the burn months set in and the nights start to get crisp, do you feel what I feel? Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm the voice behind the Magic of the Season podcast, where we talk nostalgia, holiday history, movies, music, and of course, the big man himself. If you want to turn on something that brings you warmth, comfort, and cheer, then you're in the right place. I'm available on all podcast platforms, such as Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Follow me for some festive fun on my Instagram at the Magic of the Season podcast. Now grab your hot cocoa, get cozy, because it's story time. And finally, it's time to reveal the results of the first six face-offs in the big Christmas number one showdown. I've randomised every Christmas number one into matching pairs and they're going to face off on my social media until we get down to one winner. I'm going to intro and play a snippet of each song and post them in the course of a few weeks, with a few days for voting. I'd also love for you to share the posts, get your friends voting and get in touch to let me know which ones you want to win and which ones you want to chuck in the bin. Over the last month I've shared the first six face-offs and the results are as follows. 1983's Flying Pickets version of Only You defeated Ben Haynow's Something I Need from 2014. Unsurprisingly, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, which got to number one both in 75 and 91, beat another X Factor winner, Matt Cardell's When We Collide from 2010. The first Christmas song of the bunch, Mud's Lonely This Christmas from 1974, took down Michael Jackson's Earth Song from 95. Legendary pop band The Beatles with Hello Goodbye in 1967 defeated Johnny Ray's Just Walking in the Rain from 1956. Another Christmas song winning with Boney M's Mary's Boy Child from 1978 beating the Justice Collective's charity song He and Heavy from 2012. And finally, the Christmas stomper Merry Christmas Everybody from Slade in 1973 defeated Lad Baby's Sausage Rolls themed We Built This City from 2018. No big surprises there, and I'm glad the actual Christmas songs made it through unscathed. But we still have a lot of first round competitors to go, so let's hear about the next bunch. First up is 2013's Sam Bailey with Skyscraper, versus 1955's Dickie Valentine with Christmas Alphabet. Sam Bailey is yet another X Factor winner, get used to them being a common factor here. And she won the series in 2013, and immediately, as is tradition, smashed into the Christmas number one with a cover of Demi Lovato's Skyscraper, with all proceeds going to the Great Ormond Street Hospital and Together for Short Lives, two very worthy charities. There's nothing left of me You can take everything I have You can break everything I am Like I'm made of glass She faces off against a Christmas song that many people may not have on their traditional rotation. In 1955, Dickie Valentine was a successful British crooner with a number one already under his belt from 1954's Finger of Suspicion. But he decided, as all good singers should, that a Christmas song was needed. So, the rather cute Christmas alphabet was covered, 
originally written by Buddy Kay for the Maguire Sisters, with the melody taken from a song in a Broadway show called The Echo. And this was actually the first UK number one at Christmas that was about Christmas. The tree so tall, M is for the mistletoe where everyone is kissed. A is for the angels who make up the Christmas list. S is for old Sadu who makes every kid his pet. Be good and he'll bring you everything in your Christmas alphabet. Capital C is for the candy trimmed around the Christmas tree. H is for the happiness with all the family. R is for the reindeer prancing by the window pane. I is for the icing on the cake as sweet as sugar cane. S, S is for the stocking. Next up is 1969's Two Little Boys by Rolf Harris versus 1960's I Love You by Cliff Richard and the Shadows. Well, I'm not going to spend too long on the first name because Rolf Harris, famed children's entertainer and singer from Australia, was one of the celebs arrested and convicted of sexual offences against minors, and that's disgusting. So, he did get to Christmas number one in 1969 with Two Little Boys, which makes it even creepier. So, you know, don't vote for this one. Then cried with joy as his young playmate said Did you think I would leave you crying When there's room on my horse for two Climb up here, Jack, and don't be crying I can go just as fast with two Instead vote for a king of Christmas, British national treasure Cliff Richard. But this is going back to early Cliff and is not a Christmas track. In 1960 he was still with the brilliant backing band The Shadows. I discovered whilst researching this song that Cliff has released in excess of 200 singles and back in 1960 I Love You written by The Shadows guitarist Bruce Welsh made it to number one. I love you, I love you, I want you for my The next face-off is 1988's Cliff Richard with Mistletoe and Wine versus 2020's Lad Baby with Don't Stop Me Eating. We're sticking with the man of a million singles, Cliff Richard, but 28 years into the future for an actual Christmas classic with Cliff's Mistletoe and Wine, Christmas number one in the year that I was born, 1988. It was actually written for a musical adaptation of The Little Match Girl, but Cliff took it, added some religious lyrics and focus, and made it a Christmas classic in the UK. Dreams of Santa, dreams of snow, fingers numb, faces aglow. It's Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, children singing Christian rhyme with logs on the fire. On the tree, a time to rejoice in the good that we see. A time for living, 
and the second appearance of Lad Baby on this big showdown, but not the last as they keep getting those number ones. The comedy husband and wife duo keep releasing charity covers for food banks that take songs and chuck in the British lunch classic sausage rolls. And in this one from 2020, they took Don't Stop Believing by Journey and, well, you know. And when my family finally meet We share a foot long through our plastic sheet Plastic sheet? <laughs> so you got to do it now, so you got to eat them Make sure it's sanitised Sausage roll for a shielding mate. Yes, mate. In a bag thrown over the gate. But for a small, we can share a bite and be on and on and on and on. Bakers, baking. I went to grapes, now I'm isolating. I'm on Next face-off is 2009's Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, versus 1964's The Beatles, I Feel Fine. An interesting face-off here is we have two very different rock bands starting with Rage Against the Machine, who got a surprising Christmas number one in 2009 with Killing in the Name, a song that was released in 1992, a vitriolic protest song about police brutality and racist authority figures. So why the hell did it get to number one at Christmas in 2009? Well we've already had a bunch of X Factor winners with their number ones taking control of the Christmas market, and some people got fed up. English DJ John Morter and his wife started a Facebook campaign to beat the X Factor winner Joe McAldry, with Judge Simon Cowell getting quite amusingly angry about it all. The campaign got buzzed from the likes of Dave Grohl, Muse and Paul McCartney, and then became the first download-only Christmas number one based on the protest. Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine performed a free concert in Finsbury Park, London in 2010, and donated the proceeds of the single sales to charity. One of my favourite media moments occurred when the band appeared on BBC Radio 5 Live in December 2009 and were asked not to swear in this notoriously famously sweary song that literally states F you, I won't do what you tell me. The band started out changing the lyrics and then soon switched back to swearing prompting them to cut the track and apologise. Who would have guessed they wouldn't do what they were told? Do what they told you. Now you 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 do what they told you. Rage faces off against classic pop rock legends The Beatles, 
who kept smashing number one singles and had a bunch of Christmas ones as they took over the charts for a few years. In 1964, they released the super catchy pop hit I Feel Fine, which actually had one of the earliest uses of guitar feedback on a big recorded single. penultimate face-off of this round is 2017's Ed Sheeran with Perfect versus 2011's Military Wives and Gareth Malone Wherever You Are. I probably don't need to introduce you to Ed Sheeran, the super pop star of our modern era, perhaps quite oddly for this nerdy looking guy playing with guitar pedals, but he has risen to mega fame with best-selling albums, multiple number ones, Grammy, Brit and Ivor Novello awards and plenty of celebrity guests and friends. In 2017, his third album, Divide, was becoming the biggest selling album of the year, and the fourth single, Perfect, hit the Christmas number one, while becoming his tenth million selling single. years earlier in 2011, Gareth Malone, renowned choirmaster, had already hosted a few series of shows about putting together choirs, and it was inevitable this would connect with Christmas at some point. The choir Military Wives aired in 2011 and featured Gareth working with, unsurprisingly, wives and partners of serving military personnel. They performed a song called Wherever You Are, written by Paul Miller, and proceeds went to the British Royal Legion. And the final face-off of this round is 2008's Alexandra Burke with Hallelujah versus 1972's Jimmy Osmond with a long-haired lover from Liverpool. Back to X Factor, and I told you we'd keep coming back here, but this time the singer actually has had a bit more of her career. Alexandra Burke won the fifth series in 2008 and has since had a bunch of number one singles, released a Christmas EP, and appeared in West End musicals such as The Bodyguard. But back in 2008, her first single was a shortened cover of the classic Leonard Cohen song, Hallelujah. 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 
And she faces off against a long-haired lover from Liverpool, actually Jimmy Osmond, who released this song in 1972. And of course Jimmy Osmond is part of the Osmonds, the famed sibling musical group. This solo effort from little Jimmy Osmond as he was known then, made him the youngest person to have a UK number one at the age of nine years and eight months. So get voting at my Twitter at Merry Britsmas and like, comment, share, retweet, get into arguments, break things when Lad Baby beats Cliff Richard. Because next month is Christmas in July and more playoffs will continue. An happy blooming Christmas to you and all. <laughs>